1: and welcome to the pride of detroit podcast the PODcast, cast as we so lovingly call it because pride of detroit spells pod and podcast isn't that special hi my name is jeremy riceman i'm the managing editor here at pride of detroit.com i am the interim coach of this podcast for another week as we are one week closer to the draft we are now under three weeks until the nfl draft so we're gonna be talking a lot of nfl draft today we to be talking some day two prospects because we all know what the scenario is for the Lions with the third overall pick. We've all discussed to a tireless amount all of the possibilities of what the Lions can do with that third overall pick. But day two is important. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll, we'll talk some overall NFL draft here in the first segment. But before we get into any of that, let me introduce my two guests, one of which is a co-host, which you may recognize. That's Ryan Matthews. Back is the
2: rock guy. Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? Well, depending on when you're listening to this, you could be 364 days away from the next WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> I deserve that.
2: I deserve that. We
1: are <laughs> holding Ryan hostage right now. He wants to be watching WrestleMania, but he's am it out. He's here. He's
2: devoted because I'm a co-host
1: because he's, he's a co-host. He has co-hosting duties. Um, are you a co-interim coach at this point or no?
2: I don't want to get fired for when the new coach gets hired. So I just want to kind of sit in the background and I want to build up my resume for the next guy that comes in to keep me around. So <laughs> I don't want to attach myself to you too directly. Fair. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. It's going to be like this all,
1: all night. So I hope that you are, you guys are all ready for a very contentious podcast. We are getting, a, well, all, we are all getting a little stir crazy and uh, slurring our words. Apparently. So uh, let me get to our second guest. This guy, maybe not as familiar with, but if you are a pride of Detroit, you're probably familiar with. This. He's one of our contributors. Uh, and if you saw him right now and you've seen him before, he might not look the exact same either. It's Hamza Bakush. Yes, he just took off his hat for those listening. <laughs> and his beautiful head of hair is no longer with us. What but can now I say? the you're beautiful of the top of his hair. head is with us. <laughs> Yes, and our chat is already talking about punters. I promise to you, we, will, right. get to punter. we will get at least one punter question in our mailbag uh, because Hamza is here.
3: Hamza, how are you doing, bud? It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah, I haven't been on the podcast for probably about a year now, um, which is too long, but I'm doing well. I'm trying to keep up with school um, now that the year's wrapping up. And uh, other than that, just taking advantage of the beautiful weather. And it's good to be talking Lions football again. Mm-hmm.
1: Heck yeah, and we are going to get to plenty of that. But actually, in this show, I wanted to kind of kick things off on a on a national scale. Um, talk about the NFL draft and, and how it's been affected by uh, everything that's going on. Um, this week, Roger Goodell sent a memo out to teams saying, hey, the draft is happening. You better get prepared. It's happening on time. It's happening, what, April 23rd to, to 25th. Um, get prepared. And also in a very... Uh, Almost dictator fashion. He said, Hey, if you, if you guys have any issues with this, don't talk about it publicly. There's no point in that. And if you do, we may punish you, which that that's, that's hardcore Roger Goodell that I don't think we always see, but we kind of, we know is there, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: um but l- let's talk about the fact that the draft appears to be continuing as it is um it, it seems like league uh, league officials league executives are preparing to do it from their own, their own homes you know uh team team buildings have facilities have been closed at this point um are are you guys cool with it going forward um it it it's kind of a, a a, a tricky topic. I'm I'm not sure exactly how I feel, but I'm curious how you guys feel about the draft just going on as it is uh, at the moment, obviously without the fanfare and 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 all that, but well, let's start to you right away, Hamza. How are you feeling about the draft being less than three uh, weeks away and, and
3: going forward? I mean, as an NFL fan, I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, it's a draft. We got nothing else to talk about. I mean, sure. yeah. I mean we remember the one year, um, I want to say two, three years ago when they pushed it to the second week of May. And that was just, I mean, three more weeks of mock drafts that, you know, drained my soul of anything I had left in (laughs) in terms of waiting for the draft. And so I'm happy it's coming along. Um, I mean, from a professional and like responsible citizen standpoint, um, you have to wonder um, about all that because I mean, logistically, I'm sure the NFL has the money and resources to supply every team with a perfect internet connection and, you know, sync up all the timing and communication and all that. Um, but also, I mean, you have to wonder about, um, I know this is something that you want to talk about more, Jeremy, um, things like small school prospects who haven't had pro days, who haven't had the exposure that they usually get. Um, I also, I mean, I understand why I will for them, it's money. Let's be honest. Um, But also logistically, I think it makes more sense to proceed with it as is because if you delay it, I mean, when do you delay it until, I mean, this could go on for for months on end. And what happens when you have, I mean, three, four months from now, we don't know if we're still going to have football season. um, I mean, starting on time, if it starts at all. And so if you don't have the draft now, I mean, that's three, four more months, possibly more of prospects who would have had those pro days and would have had that kind of exposure who have. to keep their bodies in tip top shape, have to keep staying on top of things when they might not have those resources, especially smaller school guys who don't have the access to the great facilities, who don't have access to all the great resources and coaches and um, things that they need to stay in that tip top shape that they would have been in for pro day. So, I mean, there's also that perspective of, um, you know, maybe this kind of does balance out for them as opposed to delaying it even more.
1: Yeah, you, you brought up a lot of interesting points there. And, and one thing that I think maybe not a ton of people are talking about is if you push back the draft, then what do you do with all the other offseason activities, right? Where's rookie minicamp? Where's regular minicamp? Where's training camp? Are you right. able to fit all those in before September? Which, I mean, whether or not the season actually starts on time is a whole nother issue that we won't get into for now. Um, but yeah, if, if you push back the draft, you risk losing all of that. And that means players aren't showing up in season, you know, in shape, in football shape, ready to go, fully healthy. You Maybe you're risking injuries a little bit earlier if you don't go through this whole offseason program. Um, so I do get the the kind of I don't know the the feeling that this has to happen now, or we're setting the entire schedule back. And obviously, the NFL doesn't want to do that if they don't have to. Um, Ryan, right? What are your on, on this whole thing?
2: Yeah, Hamza mentioned probably the biggest motivator and that's money, right? If sure. the NFL draft continues as scheduled, it's going to receive the highest ratings it's ever received. Everybody is so sports hungry right now that the only thing in town that's going to be on television that's going to be sports related is going to be the NFL draft and I think that you're going to even you're going to get even the more casual NFL fan who might even just show up to Sundays to tailgate and enjoy their time and maybe just casually move in and out of football. They might even tune in because you know what, it's what everybody will be talking about on Twitter. It's what everybody will be talking about on, you know, your, all of your sundry various forms of social media. So I think that the NFL right now recognizes that there's an opportunity to do something that in all actuality, could happen without a television. It could all happen without any of this coverage. It could just be, I mean, if you sleep through the entire weekend of the draft and you wake up, there's a list with every single player that's been picked by every single team. It would be really easy for the teams to just have the draft without you involved. But I think that what is at stake is an opportunity for the NFL to kind of reassert itself as King. And It does so in a time in which the world is going through something that's unprecedented and they can be the flag bearer of, you know what, we're not going to let this derail our off season. We're not going to let it derail our season. Things are still going on as scheduled. So I don't know. The NFL is full of itself. And I think that's honestly why this is still happening.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I get it to an extent. Um, they they they, they want to stay on schedule if possible. And I think that has a lot to do with this. This, this allows them to at least keep the dream of a, a September football league starting alive, because the only thing they've really missed is a couple of offseason workouts um, that would be happening in early April. That's obviously not going to be happening. Um, but to me, it, it's tough because there's kind of two two reasons people aren't for this one is just like the moral issue of it right the fact that the the nfl is going about its business while the world is in crisis um people view that as maybe insensitive adam schefter even kind of went on a rant saying um I, I can't quite remember how he put it, basically saying you know this this is ignoring the elephant in the room this is you know disrespectful to to what's going on I'm not sure I feel that all that much. I feel like you can continue to proceed as business without disrespecting, without um with without, you know, thinking that that you're you're pushing it aside or anything. Let's be honest. Like the coverage of the draft, they're gonna be mentioning it all the time. I'm sure there's probably gonna be some sort of fund that they're gonna be promoting all the time. Like they can care about the issue and proceed about business. It's the other side that that I have an issue with and Hamza briefly mentioned it's the fairness aspect um it's the fact that all of these nfl prospects that spent years and years for this moment to to get the nfl job to to become a first or second round pick to to do everything they can to make as much money off the bat because you know your nfl career isn't going to make a lot they suddenly got half of their interview process just cut in half Um, like you said, the small school prospects are are especially hurt by this because they didn't go to any of the, the all-star games. They didn't go to the senior bowl. They didn't go to the shrine bowl. They didn't go to the, uh, the combine. They were going to rely on local pro days. They were going to rely on, you know, 30 day visits or the 30 prospect visits, local visits. None of that's there anymore. They have to do these online workouts. They have to rely on an independent physician for their physicals. Um, that's, you, you know, how teams are with the NFL draft, they are very risk averse. They don't want to take a risk on the unknown. And that means these small school prospects are going to get hurt. And yeah, everyone's getting hurt by this. I understand that. So why do we care more about these? Well, because in all essence, let's be honest, the NFL draft could move back and it wouldn't affect things that much. Yes, it would push back the schedule of the, of the, of the season. Yeah, I get that. But guess what? That's probably coming anyways. Let's let's face facts. I know the president wants the, the everything to start on time, but if that's true, I would be very surprised if we have six groups of sixty thousand, seventy thousand people in a stadium by September in this country. The the, the California doesn't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's personally going to happen. I love for it to happen. I'd love for us to be in that kind of position, but um, seeing where we are right now, I don't think that's going to happen in it. And that's why I think there's very little harm in pushing the draft back. But I also understand the other side. I understand the, the craving. I mean, I think all of us probably feel it on, on differing levels right now. The, the desire to just feel normal again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it Absolutely. sucks right now. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough where this time of year, my day-to-day life isn't all that different. I'd be working from home right now. Anyways, I still get to write about the team because nothing has been delayed. So I'm kind of in a, in a position of privilege, but for those people that aren't those people that are stuck at home, you know, not used to a daily routine inside their own home or maybe out of a job and, and want that distraction, want that sense of normalcy. I understand that's very important. Something as, as. "Quote unquote," trivial as, it, trivial as the NFL draft can suddenly seem very important, and so I don't want to to brush them aside just because it. it like I said, it doesn't affect me as much, so I'm kind of torn here. Like I feel bad for the small school prospects, but I see, I see how the NFL could proceed without really being offensive.
3: Am I am I wrong in that? No, I think you're in the right space. Um, personally, I mean. If anything, I mean, I know the league's intentions aren't to do the people a favor. They're going to proceed with this as long as it's a money thing for them. But I mean, with everything going on, I mean, so many people are sitting at home with nothing to do. I think you got to proceed with the draft. There was this idea being run around on Twitter of the NFL dragging the draft out, maybe like one round per day, which I think would have been great. I mean, personally, I would have loved no, the week. of no, NFL draft No, um, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I think the fact that they're still doing it, I mean, it's... At the end of the day, the NFL draft is a crapshoot and you have, like we said, the small school guys who won't get the same opportunities, but at the same time, if you delay it, then maybe that messes with their regimen anyways. Um, I mean, you never know what the turnaround time is for them to get those interviews. And so that part aside, I think, I mean, why not just keep it going? Because I mean, if you, if you look at the, success rate of any team in the draft. I mean, it's a guessing game. You can pretend all you want your team is good or bad at drafting, but it's a guessing game every year. And so, I mean, missing out on an interview or a medical or something like that is only going to add a little bit of spice to the guessing game. And I think that'll be good for some teams.
1: Ryan, uh, I'll let you have the last word before we move on to the next subject.
3: Perfect. Because I think this
2: is an awesome time for us to have a little to a talk. <laughs> Do you want me to hit the theme? Can you, can you, Pull up the theme. I know that I'm putting you on the spot, but can you... No, don't worry. It's on my desktop. It's, It's a very high priority. Thank you.
0: All
1: right. That's our Tua Talk theme.
2: Ryan, what is new in Tua Talk? What do you have for us? All right. So here's the deal with Tua is that everything seems to be going glowingly with Tua Tagovailoa and having him in the best shape possible potentially inflates the value of that number three pick. However, look at what moving on with the draft as scheduled is going to do. It's not going to allow any of these teams to see Tua throw in person, live and in living color. And I think that that is a big deal. I think that that's something to consider. We talk about the small school prospects. What about the guys that are working back from injury? What about some of the high profile guys that, you know what, maybe they didn't have the best showing at a combine and now they need a chance at a pro day to, to make it up for that. So that's, uh, that's my a talk is that based on this, like even Matt Miller has noted that you know what Tua might not be the prospect that everybody thinks he is because they're not going to get the chance to see him throw and some teams are having Justin Herbert move up their board and all of a sudden Tua isn't QB number 2 anymore. So so ultimately do you think this is the wrong decision for the league? I think it is the wrong decision and I think it's the wrong decision for a multitude of reasons what Hamza had mentioned just in terms of treating this as a serious pandemic and not you know, thumbing your nose to everything. I mean, this is literally the same draft that what as little as 60 days ago was still going to have a boat that transferred (laughs) prospects from, from the, you know, green room to the stage. I mean, come on. I mean, this is something that is all pomp and circumstance and it's all about having people there. It's all about, you know, this big charade. And you're not going to get any of that this year. That's not going to be the NFL draft. And if that's not what it is in spirit, then that's not what it's going to actually be. And it's going to be missing a lot this season. So I think that it should be moved back um, for, for a multitude of reasons, but having it go on as scheduled, it just seems like such a money
3: grab. Hamza, I know you want to get a last word in here. So so jump yeah, on in so before we move on. I add on to that. Um, since Ryan brought up Tua, I mean, for those who've been following along on Twitter, you're familiar with how um, tedious the process has been for him to get a good physical, for him to get his medical clearance and convince teams of his abilities and you know, work with his agent on doing that. And it's been, I mean, kind of a nightmarish process for him to do that, as opposed to if it were the regular process, he shows up, does a workout in front of everyone, everyone knows he's cleared. And so when you think about it, that that's Tua Tagovailoa, like starting quarterback for Alabama national champion. Like you think about the D2 guy, the FCS guy who has the same problems. They're never going to get anything near that opportunity. Just looking at how troubling it was for Tua to get that. I mean, no one else would get that opportunity. So, I mean, that's a case against my own argument. But I mean, it is what it is. There are so many moving pieces. I'm not the one to make that call. So,
1: right. And I mean, let's let's be clear, too. I mean, it's not it's not a clear cut issue whether they should do it. It's not like, oh, the NFL is evil because they did this and and obviously the good people would have delayed this. It's it's a complicated issue and I'm kind of on the fence a little bit about it. Ultimately, I think it's okay that they're moving forward with it, but I hope they're not working under the delusion that everything's going to be okay by September and they can just go about their business, but who knows? Um, They they, they probably (laughs) are. Uh, The the other part about this NFL draft I want to talk about is just the broadcast version, because this is kind of has me fascinated. I don't know what they're going to do. And they only got three weeks to come up with a plan here because um, they aren't. Let's let's be honest. They're not going to give us war rooms because first of all, war rooms aren't even really going to exist. They're going to be virtual war rooms. I don't believe like Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn will be in the same place at the same time. So, um, how do you make this a watchable event?
2: do that, anyone what I'm have an idea? About. That's what I was talking about. I mean, the NFL draft is so predicated on pomp and circumstance that you're missing out on everything. You're missing out on the prospect showing up in whatever suits they picked out. You're missing out on, but I, that was never going to happen. Like that's gone. Yeah. That's gone, gone. Right. Right. But then to add to that now, like you are getting literally the most basic coverage. You're not, I, I I mean, is there even going to be a panel? On NFL and or on NFL network like and on ESPN, it'll probably
1: look like this Brady bunch window thing, right? And then one box it, will will be Roger Goodell, and and then we'll see a bunch of highlights like that. I guess that's going to be it, right?
2: I, I I cannot dream up anything that doesn't look like that. That doesn't, doesn't look, look like, like Zoom room. Yeah, that doesn't look like okay. Here's the pick from Allen Park with the third pick, the Detroit Lions select Derek Brown.
3: I just want uh, Mel Kiper and Todd McShay standing like 20 feet apart from each other in an empty room, just yelling at each other after they announce the prospect.
2: (laughs) Well, they have that bet
3: going. They do.
2: They have that bet um, that what Justin Herbert's going to be the number two quarterback off the board. So something like that. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Jeremy, I I think it's, I think that this is something that in terms of, overall enjoyment and the entertainment aspect of the draft, it's going to be completely sapped. Like there's going to be, there's going to be next to nothing. And that's still going to be okay. Because when you are starving, a saltine is a really good cracker.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? There are people watching WrestleMania right now.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? (laughs) This is a family friendly show. And I know the dead mother is listening because her cub is on, but here's the thing. is that you can you can give us saltine crackers and all of us are going to be just happy with that being dinner. We're going to be like, yeah. that was a saltine. That wasn't a rinse. That wasn't a rinse. That wasn't a chicken and biscuit. That was a saltine. <laughs> like everybody is going to be just fine with the NFL draft being as bare bones and as boring as possible, as long as they're getting highlights on their TV of developments of teams that they can, uh, uh, you know, they can start imagining, you know, the player X on their team. so.
1: And the other aspect is like behind the scenes, how, are things going to run smoothly? Are they going to give like a little more leeway with the clock with, you know, given how teams are going to have to have a hotline and, you know, internet connections with the, with their GMs and their scouts and all that, like all of that's going to be different than it normally is obviously, since no one's going to be in the same room. Is there a chance of like a team screwing up? Like, an internet connection gone bad someone needing to restart a router while there's 10 seconds left on their clock things like that like is the nfl prepared for technical difficulties and are they willing to give more leeway all things that i'm kind of interested in and things we probably won't find out on draft night but like if there's ever a 30 for 30 on the 2020 nfl draft uh i would love to see it already like i'm already fascinated fascinated by what's going to be happening in three weeks i have no idea neither does anyone else And I think that's how we're going to end our first segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about day two prospects. Like I said, we've exhausted talk about that third overall pick. Let's start talking about day two because that's an important one just as well for the Lions, and this is a very important draft coming up. So stick around. We'll talk day two prospects when we come back.
4: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: And we are back on the POD cast, talking NFL draft, talking Detroit Lions. If you guys aren't watching on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash of Detroit, we just had a great conversation about our cooking. And you missed out and, and milks and cereals. That's why you gotta watch us live, folks. We are, sometimes our breaks are better than our segments. So <laughs> the from... real podcast. <laughs> hey, who knows what the real show is anymore? Sometimes it's a break, sometimes it's a podcast. But if you go to our Twitch page and watch live every Sunday at eight PM, you get it all. Uh, but for now so
2: just I was gonna say, just like pro wrestling, we're bull, we're blurring the lines between reality and scripted
1: thank you for that i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna allow i'm gonna allow this this borderline wrestling talk uh as long as we don't go 10 minutes on it that was a segue that uh, sure i missed it though (laughs) all right day two prospects the day two of the nfl draft some would say this is the most important day of the draft um Day rounds two and three. The Lions have three picks on this day. And if things go right in day one of the draft, they could have four or five. So we're talking four or five guys that could potentially be starters this year. If not, they're expected to be starters sometime. So this is a big day for the Lions. Um, and I don't think we're necessarily we've necessarily talked about it uh, enough. Obviously, when when a team has a third overall pick, that's gonna draw a lot of attention, but day two is gonna be big for them and Let's start things off with what positions you think this team is going to prioritize in day two of the draft. Obviously a lot of that's going to depend on, on what they do in the first round, but considering the needs that they have now, considering the depth of the positions in this year's draft, considering maybe the fits of the players in this year's draft, what positions do you think this team is going to be prioritizing on day two? Let's go to Hamza first.
3: Um, well, I mean, yeah, you got to give me a situation from round one. Honestly, if we pencil it in as Jeff Okuda in round one, um, then we're likely talking a wide receiver and interior offensive lineman. If they're willing to invest in that position, which, which we've seen a reluctance of from Bob Quinn sure. and Matt Patricia after we let Graham Glasgow walk. Um, personally, I think getting a, another slot receiver, um, they, Capable slot receiver would be high on my list. But also, I think if you look at the contract they gave Danny Amendola, I wouldn't be surprised if they save that for day three and um, kind of let him fill that role to the best of his ability, even at age 34 going on 35 um, this coming season. Um, I'd also, like I mentioned, like to see interior offensive line. I don't think the lions are done with uh, linebackers just in the form of an on-ball linebacker, um, someone to replace Devin Kennard. Um, One of the top guys I'd like to see is Zach Bond from Wisconsin. I think he's Mm -hmm. a definitely a good choice with 35th overall. He tested well at the combine has good tape. Um, He's a big, Dude, so I mean, he fits what they want in that position. Um, yeah, those are probably my top picks. If they don't go with a corner in round one, then I definitely think that that's something they should examine in round three, possibly round two, if someone in who's the right who's the right fit falls down there. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys who are exactly a good value at thirty-five overall.
1: Ryan, what positions do you see the line starting in day two?
3: Yeah, I agree with
2: Hamza. I think that. Edge would be a great positional value. From a positional value standpoint, I think getting an edge in the second round is going to be a big get for them if they do go Okuda at three. If Chase Young, even here's the thing, even if Chase Young is the pick at three, I could see them doubling down and taking a guy like Epineser, taking a guy like Bond, because they're gonna play different positions. I almost see like Chase Young, you can move him around a little bit. He can maybe even play a little jack if you wanted him to like. He should be deployed all over the place. Yeah, Then they could add somebody who's more of the traditional Matt Patricia run stopper edge, you know, set the edge, contain the run type guy in the second round. And I don't think that that would be too much. I think that I think that there is a need for that, especially on this Lions roster right now. And I think that we've been we've been, you know jumping up on our soapbox we've been pounding the table for for that to be fixed for years and years so I don't think that they can get enough of that with that being said i I think that there's a possibility that if they do get if they go away from cornerback in the, in the first round that there is going to be a cornerback that could be available at the very beginning of round two whether or not that's uh whether or not that's digs out of Alabama or it's the player's name out of auburn that I can't pronounce but those guys fit more of the lions in terms of cover one, in terms of playing press, in terms of playing man, there's going to be some guys that are available at the end of, at the end of round one, early in round two, right where the lions are picking. And, and last, you know, Hamza mentioned it, but you know, getting a receiver, I think that if the lions want to pick from the top remaining talent that is still there after day one, I think that, I mean, it, if there's a position that they could still get a round one grade player, it's going to be the wide receiver position. So I think that they could find themselves in a really good spot to take a wide receiver at that point. Is there Jeremy, any chance that the Detroit lions take say the best quarterback available in the second round?
1: Oh, that, I mean, it's an, it's a question worth considering. Um, but to me, if you are spending that much of a draft resource on a quarterback potentially of the future, mm-hmm. you might as well do it at three right yeah, I mean, if the lines are going down that road, you get the second best quarterback off the board if 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 you're if you decide this is the year, hey, we're going to trade stafford in twenty twenty one get a couple of picks out of that i mean there there's no better positional value at three overall than getting a top three quarterback, probably a top two quarterback. So I I don't see, I don't see the strategy um, in doing something like that. Grabbing a quarterback with a second overall pick, unless you have a guy that you had as like a top five guy on your board.
3: Right. I just don't see the reasoning in that. I mean, why trade away Stafford for picks in 2021? I mean, no matter who you get, Chances are 95% chance. They're not going to be what Stafford is at quarterback. Like if you are Matt, Patricia or Bob Quinn, and you plan on, I mean, being here next year, you want to win. Why would you get rid of that? I mean, even the Patriot way you have Tom freaking Brady. I mean, you don't get rid of your good quarterback. Um, And kind of to circle back to what Ryan said about chase young, I've been on this train that not a lot of people are on for a while. Um, And that's if chase young falls into your lap at number three, overall, I think you ask a King's ransom of it and see who's willing to pay the price, but I'm not ready to take chase young at number three, unless, you know, I'm really not getting any good offers for that. Because I mean, if you look at it, you said it yourself, he's not playing, um, edge linebacker. He's going to be more of a dynamic position. Someone that would primarily be your pass rusher and what they have in Trey Flowers. And you just gave him all that money. I mean, that money is, a lot of it's guaranteed. You're not going to be able to get out of that contract easily right now. Um, and I don't think you want to relegate Trey, Trey Flowers into a backup role or into the edge linebacker role. So in that case, I mean, unless you really don't have any good offers, um, I'm just asking a king's ransom for Chase Young trading down from number three. And, um, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a guy like Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb, um, honestly, at like 9, 10, 11, 12, wherever it may be. Oh, yeah. OK. First, um, first,
1: of first of all, that you're that crazy. Set this that that thing on fire. But OK, so what's like the least amount that's acceptable for you to trade out of that three pick with Chase Young still on the board? What what if you hear that, you're like, all
3: right, I'm not drafting Chase Young. I'm, I'm bouncing. Um, I mean, it depends on the pick. Um, like, give me give me a number. Which which uh, which pick are we trading down to? Let's let's say six. You're trading down three spots. OK, I'm trading down three spots. Um, in that case, I want a, a second and a first. Okay. That, that's asking a lot. I think that's asking a lot, but I mean, but it's, it's also chase young. And if all it takes is one team, given how everyone else feels about him, no one seems to agree with me in this boat. I mean, all it takes is one team out of, you know, number six through 12 or something like that to say, I want chase young. I mean, we saw how the saints felt about Marcus Davenport. They traded up like 14 spots two years ago to get him. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's such a stretch that one team won't be willing to part ways with that much draft capital for him.
1: Okay. We've somehow ventured back into day one talk because it's (laughs) so much fun, but let's, let's move back to day two. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about cornerback because um, I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that the Lions go Jeff Okuda, but I think, and I've fallen into this trap a little bit too. I think, we've fallen in the trap that it's Jeff Okuda or, or bust at the cornerback position, but I don't feel it's really that way with this draft class. I think it's not really a, a bad draft class for cornerbacks. There's probably two others that get drafted in the first round. And and if not, I think there could be a, a bunch available there at 35 CJ Henderson out of Florida is one of those guys. We talked a little bit about him in the, in the mock drafts that we did this week, Six one, two hundred forty 240 pounds. So exactly the kind of height, and strength that they like the the one knock on him is that he's not a physical guy in terms of defending the run and maybe that'll turn the lions off and, and maybe drafting for florida quarterbacks has has turned the lions against uh, a pick like CJ Henderson um you met, you mentioned Noah Igbenogany. and i just wanted yes. to say his name um because i learned how to say it uh, auburn guy sec we know the lions love sec guys he's a little bit undersized 5'10 instead of six uh, that kind of six foot benchmark that they like but definitely a talent. Um Trayvon Diggs, I think you mentioned Christian Fulton out of LSU. He mm-hmm. hits that six foot benchmark. I think he's also incredibly fast, um 446, 40 yard dash. So yeah I, I honestly probably think a day one guy. He might be a day one guy. Um yeah. but I think my point is that there, there are more cornerback options than just Jeff Okuda and, and some of these guys might be there for 35. And I think certainly they'll, they'll be part of the conversation if the lines do trade down and maybe get, go with a wide receiver
3: or something crazy like that. In the first, the only yeah. problem yeah. is that, um. So, I mean, one guy you failed to mention, Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Um, I think he's definitely a guy to watch in day two, particularly because if you think about before the season, before this college season, um, a lot of people were projecting him to be the number one cornerback coming into this, this year's draft class. And so he didn't have as good of a year as he had before this year, dropped a little bit down the boards. Um, He's a guy who um, he measures in over six feet, 200 pounds. Um, That's, I mean, Fifth, Alliance profile. He's good in press schemes. Um, and I think that given his little slide down the board, you could, you might be able to get him with your high third round pick. Maybe if you trade back in the second, something like that. So I think he's a guy to keep an eye on there in the second round too.
2: Ryan, do you have something to add? I was going to say the thing about all of those corners, not named Jeff Okuda is that they're not Jeff Okuda. He's clearly yeah. the creme de la creme of the class. And Real quick, I know we're talking about day two, but all of this stuff is informed, like Hamza mentioned originally, by what the Lions do in round one. Are we totally cool with the Lions just picking Okuda at three and him being the guy if things are Burrow, Chase Young, and the Lions just draft Okuda and they don't trade down? Or does that seem like a letdown? Because to me personally, it seems like that would be a letdown.
1: A little bit. Ultimately I'll be happy cuz they got a good player. But yeah, there's always going to be that lingering question of what if they had traded down with Miami and and gotten still gotten him, right? But yeah, it's hard to ever get mad about that because you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You don't know what kind of offers if they got any offers. I'm sure Bob Quinn will get asked that
3: night, but that doesn't mean he's going to tell the truth. But mm-hmm. right. yeah, I'm with Jeremy here. Um I think uh Personally, I prefer to trade down. The idea of Jeff Okuda has definitely grown on me. The more I watch the tape, the more I see his combine numbers, um, things like that. But um, I definitely prefer to trade down. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the the... Podcast. Um the crapshoot the crap shoot is a draft. The draft is a crapshoot and you never know what's gonna happen. Even with a guy as safe as Chase Young or safe as Jeff Okuda, whatever their position may be, um, I'd much rather trade down and get more draft capital on day two and um you know just have have more bets to to you know make.
1: Right. I mean, even if you get the talented prospect that you thought you got, injuries always happen, right? Like careers get derailed by injury. It's a sad truth to st- to say, but the ultimate equalizer there is just more draft picks. You know, if, if one gets injured, guess what? You got another one waiting in the second round. So, um, I'm with you, with you there. I am, I'm always team trade down, especially when you have a a high pick like this, because you can really pull in a big haul from a team like Miami that we know is hungry for a quarterback, but let's get back to day two again. I'm going to pull this back to day 2 Let's let's (laughs) try. We okay, so we ran into this issue when we were doing our mock drafts on Thursday. The conundrum about a guard, the, the conundrum about getting an offensive lineman, and the cliff of talent that falls off pretty much right there, either between somewhere between day between round two and three. Right? So you have your top guys, you have your Casaberis, you have your Ruiz's, but after that, it, it's kind of a question, you know, there, there's there's Tyler. Biodish, I finally learned how to say his name. It's not badass. It's not whatever. It's Biodish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <badass. laughs> yes. He does go by Tyler Badass, so maybe we should just call him Tyler Badass. There there's Daryl Williams out of Mississippi State, but there's not a lot much else out there. And there's a lot of questions about some of these guys too, whether they're best served as a center, whether they're best served as a guard. Some think some think maybe go get a tackle and move him to guard. What's the plan here? Did the Lions have to get a guard by the end of round two? Do they, I mean, do they have a choice at this point?
2: Yeah, they have a choice because they've already made their bed and they're going to lie in it. They decided to not re-sign Graham Glasgow. And here's the thing. They're in a good position, I think, because I don't really see anybody. I don't know if I see anybody taking a guard in the first round. I don't know if anybody is that talented in the class that warrants him, you know, warrants a guard being picked in the first round. So if that's the case, the lions can wait until their second pick and they might be able to get the the best guard in the draft, or they might be able to get the second best guard in the draft. If they decide to wait, then they can take a chance on a guy who might have some red flags. And you know what? That's fine because all the rest of their guards have red flags. (laughs) Yeah. Joshua, I mean, Joshua, Joshua Garnett has hardly played at all. Abushi uh, is a replacement level guard at best. Kenny Wiggins, if they decide to bring him back, is a replacement level guard at best. Joe Dahl. Yeah. Joe Dahl is Joe Dahl. He's sometimes good job, Joe Dahl. He's sometimes bad job, Joe
3: Dahl. The Lions our, are in this position. Draft agent Beau to come save the
0: day
2: exactly right i mean the lions have the lions have options so that's the thing i'm trying to say is the lions have an awful lot of options at guard are any of them particularly good no i don't think so with that being said there are so many other holes that i don't really see them having to pick a guard with that second pick even if you know say jeremy say say all the guards are still available by the time their pick comes around at 35. Are you are you okay with them skipping out on a guard? I don't think so. No, I think
1: it's too You'd much of a upset. risk. Yeah, kind of. I mean, why not go out there and get the best guard? This team needs a the. I need this team technically needs two guards. If we're being honest, like Joe Dallas I mean, is fine, fair. and they gave him an extension, but this team needs a guard, and I don't. I don't know what they're doing there because this is a team that wants to run the ball, and I'm pretty sure
3: there needs to be guys next to the center to do that. To be fair, I mean, if we're talking interior alignment, especially centers, but not as much guards, but still to a degree, um, positional value wise, like they're, they they do not warrant first round picks. I don't like taking them in the first round. I think having a pick at 35 counts as the first round. If I want to take a guard, I'm probably waiting until the higher third round pick that we have. I believe it's, um, 60, no, I don't know. Somewhere later uh, in the top of the third round, um, 67. And- Unless, yeah, 67. Unless the situation occurs, like Ryan said, where you have like all the top guards sitting there at 35, then I'd consider it. But also, I mean, you look at what they're doing. They brought in all these guards for a reason. The same reason they signed 10, 11 linebackers. All they need is one or two to hit. And I mean, you can get a guy in day three, day four, who's going to be serviceable, who's going to be, you know, an average starter for the length of his rookie contract. So, um, I think they've shown their hand in terms of what the guard position means to them and what they plan to do there. So, I mean, as much as it would break my heart, I don't think they address it really anywhere near the top of the draft.
1: All right. Last question before we head off to this break and head into the mailbag, let's talk skill positions. Um, We kind of look at the Lions roster and think they're at least okay at skill positions. They have capable starters at every position, but there's no wide receiver signed beyond 2020. Tight end group is essentially only two men deep and running back is filled with a bunch of question marks that, that we don't know. Is there a skill position that you don't want to the lines to address that you're like hands off a day two. it's too early or there aren't good enough prospects. Is there, is there any position you're like, no, nah, don't do, don't, don't add one there.
3: Yeah. Tight end. Tight end, you're, you're off, <laughs> tight end is off the board in day two. Throw, I mean, I'll throw in quarterback. They have no business okay. selecting a quarterback day two.
2: Well, Well, I don't know. I I don't know if you can entirely take off. I don't know if you can take tight end off the board because they don't even have a tight end,
3: too. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, you're not completely more than a tight end, too, Brian. So, I mean, (laughs) I I think part of the issue
1: here, too, is the tight end class is ass. Like, uh, pardon my French. It's not good this year. Um, and <laughs> the chat is just like tight end, please don't draft a tight end, tight end, tight end, <laughs> tight end. Uh, but, but I think it's a need. Like, I, I do think it's a need. Whether Jesse James works out, I'm willing to wait another year to find out, oh God. but I'm, I'm not in like the Isaac Nauta is, is your
2: new Logan Thomas. I'm not in that train yet. Um, yeah, I think that they're just like fundamentally different players, but yeah, I don't know if I can go so far as to call it a need, but I can say that I wouldn't be appalled if they drafted one in the fifth round or the sixth round. The I'm, I'm going to say this
1: and it'll, it's probably going to be controversial. I would be more upset if the Lions took a running back at 35 overall, than oh. if they took a tight end in the third round.
2: Oh my gosh. Why? Why do you say things
3: that are so much like that? I Jeremy. like if you were to compare both at 35, yeah, I wouldn't agree with you, but a tight end in the third round, I mean, you have four picks in in the first two days. I mean, if you use that last one on a tight end, maybe, well, actually, no, the more I think about it, Jeremy, that's a terrible idea. Cause like I said, (laughs) I almost had you. You (laughs) almost had me. No, that's a terrible (laughs) idea Jeremy. (laughs) <laughs> the Lions have a glaring need at running back. on Johnson can't stay healthy. He's not someone I trust to be a bell cow, um, just skill wise. And I mean, if you, like I said, they don't use tight end one enough to warrant tight end two. You look at who they let go, who is tight end two? a serviceable tight end two in Logan Thomas. And he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, they let him walk and um, he's not particularly anything special except for a good athlete. You can get that in round four, round five. I don't have a problem with, you know, the first pick in round four, which again, you have to remember the Lions are at the top of the draft. So their round four pick is essentially a late day three pick I don't know late day two pick whatever um so I don't have a problem with them using that on a tight end if that's the case if that's what they want to do personally day two I would not do it because they just don't use it enough we learned that lesson last year you have all that money invested in Jesse James if you need him to be your tight end too then I mean you got to do what you got to do you gave him all that money and it's just you don't want to spend all that draft capital on a player you won't use
1: I don't know. I think this team wants to use tight ends more than they're letting on. I think the the injury to TJ Hawkinson and the lack of development from Jesse James held them back a little bit. Um, this team likes to use them to block a lot, too. So I think tight end has more positional value in the third round than running back does in the second round,
3: especially but in the also, top of the second Are you round. getting a blocking tight end in the third round? I mean, I just don't see someone spending that money on a blocking tight end. If we're going back to like Michael Williams... the league. Look at the best teams in the
1: league, man. They have a lot of good tight ends. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. That's why the Detroit lions decided to draft one with the eighth overall pick. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll let I'll let that slide because I want to go ahead and do a break and try to keep this show below an hour for like the first time in two two years.
2: I can't so, wait to talk you. about wrestling in the third segment I because it's related so much. to football.
1: No, it's not. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back with your mailbag questions. Hashtag ask QOD. If you ever have one, we'll be right back.
0: Mail time! Mail time! Oh. Mail
1: time!
0: Mail time. Here.
3: Oh, Here's the mail, oh. it never fails oh. It makes me
0: wanna oh. wag my tail oh. When it comes, I wanna wail
1: Mailbag? Hashtag AskPod with all your mailbag questions. Send them anytime to our Twitter or wait for the AskPod post to go up on pridedetroit.com. But before we get into the mailbag question, I asked, I pleaded you guys to send in some reviews and you guys did not disappoint. Thank you for all the new reviews. Let me read a couple um, of my favorites. Um, Dylan Huber. Uh, says greatest podcast ever created gave us five stars. He says I put on shirts. as probably a Mitch Trubisky fan. This podcast is not only informative but is also the opposite of boring. Thank you guys for all your hard work. Thank you for the review. That's very nice Thanks. of you to say. Um, okay, this one for whatever reason, iTunes cut off the entire uh, the entire subject line, but it says more results with cheese than the stick. I think is the full. Quote, pulling a quote from me from a couple weeks back. He says, Jeremy just has a way with words. Five stars. Thank you, dirty poncho. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And our last one comes from Jimmer67. He says, best Lions podcast, five stars. It's informative, but everyone has a fun and plays it loose. Several voices and a lot of views give differing ideas. I suggest this first in the Lions podcast options. Thank you, Jimmer. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. And if you guys have any reviews, any anything productive you want to say, as long as you're not being insulting, I will read your review. Um, we we appreciate it. It helps other people find this podcast um, and it's just a way for you to support us for free. I hate leaving podcast reviews. So I understand if you do, if you don't do it, um, I never do it, but we would appreciate you if you do.
3: Anyways, you guys ready for mailbag time? I wonder if I should change my four star review from 2016 to a five star now. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs>
1: That's from the chat. Please do, um, uh, that that helps too. <laughs> I don't know why you gave us four stars in the first place and why you change it to five stars, but you know what? I appreciate it either way. All right, let's get into this mailbag from Albino Coconut seventy one in our Pride of Detroit comment section. He asks, "Tell us something positive that has occurred or that you've realized since all of this began." This being the quarantine, I think this is a great question to ask because a lot of us focus on the negative. A lot of people go 2020 worst year ever, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything positive that that's happened in your life or or something that you've realized about yourself or, or other people uh, that's come in the past, you know, three or four weeks?
3: Um, I'll go first. Uh, So I've been using this time now that I'm home without like RA duties and normal college obligations outside of class to Go to the park in my neighborhood and punt and I'm getting a lot stronger, um, hitting pretty consistently at least one or two, four, four balls every day. That's 4.4 seconds in the air. Um, that's where I want to be. Um, and I'm working on building on that, which I mean, about a year ago, I'd be lucky if I got one ball over four Oh in a whole session of like a hundred balls that I'd punt. And now it's like pretty normal for me to get over four Oh. So I'm making lots of progress with that. and looking forward to building on it in the summer.
1: You you gotta you gotta make a punt mixtape, dude. Like you were sending sure. us punt updates all last year. I I need to see some now. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what have you accomplished?
2: Mm, let's see. Uh, I got drafted by the New Jersey Devils first overall. I play on a line with PK Subban. We won one Stanley Cup so far, and we're defending champions. Uh, I created a player named Jimmy Isaac, who. It's supposed to be like a 1970s era basketball player um, born and bred out of the ABA era who now plays for the Dallas Mavericks. He got drafted recently. So we're going to see how his career, um, you know, unfolds. And then uh, I have found out that my dog really likes going on bike rides and to the point where like, I don't even have to pedal. He just pulls me and, uh, yeah. Like, like he's,
1: no, He doesn't like to go on bike rides.
2: No, I think he likes going on bike rides. I feel like I'm low-key training for dog sled training. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've accomplished. Oh yeah, and I put together a bunch of online curriculum so that students can still receive an education during this pandemic, but I don't know, I don't know. That doesn't eh. seem so, that eh. doesn't seem so like noteworthy, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Side note, side note. Yeah. The footnote. Uh, <laughs> see, To to take it on a serious conversation, I feel like I've gotten a lot closer with some of my more estranged friends as of late lately. Um, whether it's through video gaming or we we've had a couple Google hangouts. Um, it's just been a, a good opportunity to catch up with some of those people who have now kind of moved to other parts of the country and I don't get to see as often. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's just reminding myself of easy, of of how modern day has made it easy for us to connect to people uh, no matter where they live and that should have been obvious to anybody but the fact that we're that all these zoom meetings are happening and google hangouts are happening and all that sort of stuff um, is has just kind of resparked that and it's cool to talk to some people i haven't heard from in a long time and and also community is on netflix so i get to see people watch community for the first time. And that's exciting too. I I only say that because someone in chat is talking about the office and there's become, and if Jerry was here, we'd start getting into a debate about which one's better. Uh, because now we've started a a gang war between the office fans and community fans and no one else on this panel has an opinion on it. So we're going to move into the next question. There we go. Uh, Mickey Free asks, since we're all quarantined, what are your top three football movies?
3: I'm going to have to sit this one out. I don't really know football movies except for like The Blind Side, and I haven't watched that in a decade.
1: <laughs> well, I know Ryan's number one, I think, but I, I'm curious to hear the other two. Uh,
2: yeah, my number one is for sure Any Given Sunday because it's yep. a football movie that is. Well, it's a Vietnam movie that's actually masquerading as a football movie. And it also yep. has the best fictional football player of all time, Willie Beeman. <laughs> my other favorite football movies, remember the Titans is really high up there. Like it's almost like 1B to any, giving, any given Sunday being my 1A. And then also, I really like Friday Night Lights. The movie. I've never watched the series because the series like isn't available on any streaming platform. If somebody if somebody can hook me up with Friday Night Lights, because I would love to see Michael B. Jordan on my TV screen playing a a fictional football player. So I heard that the series is really good. The movie, I think the movie is pretty good, too. I
1: have a weird thing with sports movies. One of the first things I ever read. wrote wow one of the things i've ever written there we go um <laughs> was how i don't like sports movies at all like i don't enjoy any of them but i've i've since amended that take a little bit i don't enjoy football movies that are based in drama so i i mean any given sunday might be the one that kind of breaks the mold i do enjoy that movie a little bit but um the one thing i I don't, I like remember the Titans to me. That's not a football movie. That's, that's like a a segregationist movie or something like it, it's a movie about the, the race movement and football is just kind of like a weird background to it. And I don't think it actually even holds up that well. That being said, if you, if you throw comedy into it or if it's a kid's movie, you pass the test. So give me little giants. Number one, give me the longest yard. Give me the replacements. One, two, three.
2: Oh, the replacements is so bad. That movie doesn't hold up. That movie is so oh, 2003 man. or four, whenever it came out. But don't
1: give me the water boy. That movie's trash.
3: Oh, that let movie, me. Uh, <laughs> next question. Uh, so this isn't a movie, but come to think of it, anything involving Hingle McRingleberry from Key and Peele. So <laughs> <laughs> Fair.
1: All right. Next question. GA Lions fan asks, about linebackers when it comes to linebackers lines definitely have a type who are some of the linebackers in this year's class that class that fit the lines mold also with the addition of Collins and Raglin, do you expect them to even draft a running back a linebacker this year let's let's start with the first question the second question first do you guys expect a linebacker to
2: be drafted by the lines this year let's talk about think. how you saying running back was a Freudian slip real quick but yeah <laughs> I I don't know if I expect them drafting a linebacker what do you think Hamza
3: I I could see it happen in the late rounds. I don't see it happening before round five. I mean, maybe a guy who's primarily a special teamer, but then again, they've invested so much in special teams and free agency that that's probably not even happening. So, I mean, they have like what, 10, 11 linebackers on the roster right now. It seems like they're content with them. They brought in all those guys for a reason and they only need a few of them to work out. So I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a big need. Um but in terms of if if I could give one guy that maybe does fit exactly what they're looking for, I think Malik Harrison at Ohio State. Um just under that kind of 250 um spot where they they like their linebackers. The dude is is basically like just a step below um what I would consider uh god, I I always want to just I keep forgetting their, their new linebackers name from the second round last year, because I kind of, I always want to say Jalani Tavai. Jalani Tavai, Thank you. Uh, he's like J- Jelani
3: Tavai except so much more athletic. Um, really? that's not a problem. Um, right. but also while we're on the topic, I know, um, I just remembered, I saw a tweet earlier about the Lions having an interview, um, digi- or virtually with Joe Bashi out of Michigan state. I know he's supposed to go probably between rounds four and six, um, he's not the most athletic, but he's got the size. He's a big bumper from Michigan state. And, um, I could see them taking him in the later rounds if they really like him. All
0: right,
1: let's get to it. Let's get to the one punter question we got from Twitter from Alan Perlstein. asks, how do you think Quinn will replace the punter? Sam on Sam Martin will it be free agency. We'll be the draft open tryouts at Allen park. Hamza, our punter expert, what's going to happen yeah. at that position this
3: um. Honestly, this year, more than before, I've really studied up on later on guys and I've seen a lot of names that could slip. So personally, when I do my mocks on the draft network machine or whatever, um, a fake mock I do, I tend to say I'm going to get a punter and then not actually get around to it because I like the value guys. And I mean, when you just look at it, a lot of punters aren't going to get drafted. You'll have maybe two, three in a good year. And so that being said, there's a very top heavy punter class. And the guy I'm really in love with is Michael Turk out of Arizona state. Um, and he's a guy who, um, only has really one big film year because he transferred in from Lafayette and had to red shirt. So he just has this year under his belt and he struggles a little bit with consistency, but his big balls are big balls. And so there's like the consistency thing—it's a matter of practice. It's a matter of that's coachability. You can't coach a big ball, so I wouldn't be surprised if um, that's a guy that you know they come sign first thing after the draft is over. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't draft a guy, but also um, given the fact that they were at the Senior Bowl and you had guys like Brayden Man there, um, it's very possible that you know they saw him, they got to know him, and um, you know late round five, early round six comes around and they just nab him like that. Um, and then there's also the fact that the lions signed. I want to say two guys, two futures deals. Um, yeah. There's Matt Weil who was with the Vikings um, two years ago. And then this year he was replaced by one of the Colquitt brothers. And then um, was it Jack? Fox, the other guy who they've had on the practice squad a couple of times. Um, Weil has a really big ball now. Um, I remember uh, watching him the year um, the lions played the Vikings. I, um, two years ago when the Lions played the Vikings in warmups and at halftime, he has a really big ball, uh, much better than he had at Michigan. If Michigan fans remember him, he's nothing like he was at Michigan. Cause I remember watching him um, as a kid in the big house. And um, I just like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this guy's never going to make it to the NFL. And then like four years later, he popped up out of nowhere. And now he's like smashing these to the moon. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually contends for something. And um, it's a shame the Lions haven't, you know, been in the facility to actually see that happen because um, it would hate, I would hate for, you know, him to be in a position to take that job and then they draft someone because, you know, when they draft someone, they're not going to cut them. I mean, if you spend a sixth, seventh rounder on a punter, unless the long snapper situation is different chances are you're going to keep that punter. So, um, yeah, I think the lions have lots of very viable options. There are tons of free agent punters who are, um, you know, in a really good position right now. Um, Kenny Allen out of Michigan, I've actually trained with him. He's in, he's in great shape. There's, um, quite a few guys. Um, the, I I don't know if the Vikings retain the Colquitt brother that they had. There's a guy out of Texas A&M who was there before Braden Man was the punter. And he's been training a lot with um, the one-on-one kicking in Georgia. That's like a big thing where a lot of the pros go. Um, so there are a lot of free agent guys who... I don't know. The free agent wheel doesn't turn a lot at the punter position, but there's definitely talent to be had there if they search in the free agent pool. So they, it could be any of those three where Bob Quinn addresses it. But um, I think it's a matter of if they like Brayden man, they may go the easy route and draft him in the later rounds. And if they draft him, then that's their answer.
1: All right. I have Two things I absolutely have to say after that long soliloquy on punters. Sorry, that, was a, that was a lot. I know. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, and honestly, we need it because every time punter is coming up in this podcast before this, I immediately say I don't care, and and we move on. So we this is this is backlog punter information that is long overdue. But one, you said at the top, when I do mock drafts, I don't usually draft a punter because I like to do value picks. You just admitted that punters weren't
3: valuable. Well, no. See, (laughs) value when I see a guy who I think should go in round three or four and is sitting there in round seven, if that's not the case and the lions, I mean, if you see a guy who's like valued in, in round three or four, then you take him in round five, just like the lions did with Amani or last year. If you look at a punter from a value perspective, as opposed to say, we were talking about getting a linebacker who will play on special teams for four years. I mean, getting a punter at that position is a much better value. So I definitely think I, when it when we're talking value, it's less so positional value, um, more so just like value in terms of how good they are relative to their position. Because the drop off of a fifth round punter to uh, a, you know, top tier undrafted free agent punter, or like even the guys they have on their futures contracts is not terribly huge. And at the end of the day, like, won't make a huge difference but it's also a value where if you manage to get a really good one um like Riley or um not riley dixon um who's the uh michael dixon of um the one from the seahawks um he punted at texas they drafted him and he has been an all pro head and shoulders above like anyone not named johnny hecker for the last two or three years so that's a situation where spending that draft capital you absolutely cash out you like spending a third round on him would have been worth it. I know you guys will give me flack for that, but um, you know, if you hit the jackpot, you hit the jackpot. It's just not ter- terrible, odds. If we're being quite honest. Do,
1: do I dare ask you if you'd be more, well, of course you'd be more happy if they took a, a punter over a tight end in the third round. I'm not even oh, going to ask you that. I'm not going to give you a chance to answer. No cut his mic. <laughs> but just say, can can you say, can you say big ball one more time? Big ball. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, let's move to the next question. If the Lions trade back in the first round, is offensive tackle still in play for the first pick? I've oh, struggled to it. find confirmation from the, from the Lions that Big V is our starting right tackle. Um, it's an interesting question. I mean, we talked about guard being a potential need. Given that the tackle class is probably a little bit better, um, if the Lions move back to like 9 or 10, is tackle in play f- for any of you guys, would would that be an okay thing, and and then potentially move Vitai inside?
2: I sure hope not. Yeah, not with the kind of contract that the Lions signed him to. He's your right tackle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it I think I've started to back off a little bit on, on talking about the contract in terms because I mean, top guards got what eleven, twelve million a year, and Vitae got nine. So if, the, I mean. The question is, do you hand a guy like Vitae $9 million a year for a position that he doesn't play a lot? He was starting to learn it in his last couple of years in, in Philly, but he still mostly played tackle. And the answer is probably no. Um, I'd be surprised, but the top of this draft has... I mean, there's four tackles that could go in the top 15. And so there, there's there's value there. Question, is it valuable to the Lions? And I think the answer is probably No. Um, but I wouldn't put it completely out of the realm of possibilities. That seem fair. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. It seems fair, but
3: he's the right tackle. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm with Ryan here. You make a good argument, but I mean, there's just not a lot of logic to it. All right. We're going to go
1: to our last question. Unless you got some questions in in chat. uh, Let's talk defensive ends. Jay Jones164 asks, the Lions haven't landed a defensive end in free agency. What reasoning is most likely? A, the Lions feel confidence Chase Young is falling to them. B, Lions have one or two trade downs ready and and intend to draft Epinesa. C, Lions are confident in Deshaun Hand. D, Bob Quinn forgot defensive ends are a thing.
2: Uh, without taking the bait, which is answer D, which is what (laughs) I want to answer. Uh, I hope that there's an option E and it's B and C for me. I think, I think Mm -hmm. that the team still really believes in Deshaun hand. They have Deshaun hand. They have Trey flowers. They have, they have a couple of players of that position. They've Austin, Bryan, if you want to include him in there, otherwise, you know, he's more of like a Jack linebacker. They have some players of that position. But I think that they're also entertaining the idea that they're going to be able to get a really good guy at 35 if they decide to go cornerback at number three, whether or not that's A.J. Epinesa, Zach Bond could be Curtis Weaver out of Boise State. That's another popular name that you're going to see shooting up people's boards. So I I think it's a combination between those two things. I think that Detroit, and I think it's a lot like the guard position. I don't think the team views it as a huge need I think the team views it as you know what if the board falls our way and a guy comes along that fits our mold and he's going to improve our team we're going to take him. I don't think it's anything as dire as I really do think this team needs a CB too.
3: Mhm. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Ryan. If you look at how things stack up along the defensive line, um, you know, they're really counting on Deshaun hand, you have Trey flowers backed up by Romeo Aquara and then whoever you have at nose tackle. Um, and I mean, they signed two guys to play nose tackle now. Um, so when you look at it, if they're going to add a pass rusher, it's going to be in the form of an edge, especially after releasing Devin Kennard. And so I think, um, like we said earlier, um, Zach Vaughn, I think, is my guy to look for in round two. But, um, yeah, if they add an edge rusher, it's going to be, I hope, at the jack position.
1: Yeah, I think Ryan really hit the nail on the head when he said it's just not viewed as that big of a need by this team. I, I really think they like who they got in Trey Flowers. I think they like Romeo Quara as a guy that gets a lot mm. of snaps. Let, let's also remember that Romeo Quara is, what, 24 or 25? Like, he's crazy young still. So he mm. may have not hit his ceiling quite yet, even though I think... 2019 was probably a worse year for him than 2018 was and then they have a they have a, a bunch of versatility options right now jack like jamie collins can play there a little bit maybe we see um jared davis play there a little bit I and mean, honestly like everyone at the linebacker level could kind of play anywhere they want right now and and maybe they want more of a stiff jack linebacker and maybe they don't believe in austin bryant anymore after you know disappointing rookie year but the fact is they have bodies right now at the edge position whether it's defensive end or that jack linebacker position and as much as everyone wants pass rush pass rush pass rush i think if there's any position that this team wants pass rush for, it's from the interior and they don't really have a guy like that i don't really necessarily believe in the guys that they brought in um you know nick williams a guy who had one good season i don't think they're necessarily planning on him being the key to their pass rush. I think they're much more likely to add a defensive tackle as a pass rush option than, than an edge guy personally. Probably not what what you want to hear, but. I think it's probably more true.
3: Yeah. And let's not forget about um, also Julian Aquara out of Notre Dame. Cause um, before we signed Trey Flowers last offseason, there was a lot of talk of him uh, keeping an eye on him. Cause he was a top tier pass rusher um, in 2018 college football. And this year, I believe he got injured, but he was still, um, you know, slated to have a really good season. Um, and he's a guy that I think has fallen down draft boards because of that injury. But I don't think that takes away from his talent. And I think he's a guy who, um, you know, maybe late round two, early round three, you keep an eye on to maybe go to the lines for an edge rusher.
1: All right. And that's going to end our podcast. I'm going to give Hamza the last word because he's our guest of honor. Hamza. Do you, do you have anything to, to promote? I mean, I, I don't know if I mentioned your Twitter account at the top. It's
3: at Hamza POD. Is there anything else that you want the people to know? Um no, uh, follow me at Hamza Pod. I'm at like 950 followers. Maybe hopefully we'll get me to we'll shoot for a thousand by the draft or something like that. Come and on, uh, listeners! Yeah.
1: It is your sole duty right now if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast to get Ham at Hamza Pod to a thousand followers before the draft. If you don't do it, we're shutting down the podcast forever.
3: It's more uh, quality over quality on that Twitter account, though. I should warn. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully soon, I'll be putting up some punning film of myself on there for you guys.
1: Perfect. Perfect. So go follow him, go follow Ryan too. Cause he's feeling upset right now that he's not getting able to, to watch wrestling there. Wow. I just left him an opening and he didn't take it. All right. Well then I guess we're just going to end it right there. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we will get you more lines content throughout the week at pride Detroit.com. We'll be right back here next Sunday at 8 PM talking more lines. We'll bring some, draft guests we'll bring in some other special guests it's gonna be a lot of fun in april it's gonna be a big month so stick with pride of detroit and we'll see you soon
2: we know you can't go anywhere